1: getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn I'm the co-host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show here in Memphis, Tennessee weekdays from 2 until 4. My co-host is RJ Choppy. You can hear both of us. For eight hours tomorrow, R.J. has the early window. It's QLU in the action. R.J.'s on Twitter, at R.J. Choppy, of course, the co-host of Shannon. R.J., Mondays through Fridays on, on the
1: 105.3 The Fan from 5.30 until 10. R.J., how are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Excited for this big college football weekend ahead. We got another weekend. I got absolutely
0: murdered last week, so I'm excited to, to think about the new possibilities of college football gambling but let's start first with what we saw last weekend because it does seem as if the big general consensus of last weekend was college football is more open than we think maybe there's not a dominant team Alabama looked shaky at times Clemson looked shaky Oklahoma looked shaky Ohio State despite a final score
1: looked pretty shaky as well for you RJ what was the big takeaway from last weekend yeah, you know, your your this week is me last week. I had a terrible week last uh, 2 weeks ago. And uh, you know, I just I I, I love the, a, the ability to get back out to it. But my biggest takeaway last weekend is, you know, maybe there isn't that dominant team. That maybe that Alabama team isn't as good as we all thought. At least I thought. I thought they were just the greatest team ever uh, after what they did in Miami. And it turns out that Miami just isn't very good. Um, but you know, but also you know, if there are seven or eight teams that can win a title, I think that's good for the sport. Uh, you know, when, when it's just Alabama, when it's just Bama and Clemson or Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, when you only have two or three teams, I don't think it's very good for the sport. I think this is. Uh, and, and maybe Florida's just, just very, very good and matches up well with Alabama. And that is the blip, the one blip on Bama's uh, season, and that'll be it. And Saban will kick their butts into gear. But after at least how we overreact week to week in these, in these uh, college games, the pro games, too, uh, it doesn't seem like there is that one dominant team. Yeah, perhaps a testament to Saban and Alabama's greatness currently
0: is the fact that they went to the Swamp and won a game against a top-ten quality opponent, and it feels as if the sky is falling. And everybody's yeah. going, what's wrong with Alabama? What's wrong with Alabama? It's almost as if we're reacting as if they lost, when in reality they did it. But I think this is an interesting question for me, RJ. I'm curious to hear your opinion on it. When you look at post-game win expectancy, Florida had about a 91% post-game win expectancy based upon the way that the game was played, and then particularly the way they dominated you know, both lines of scrimmages. For you, though, were you, did you leave more concerned with Alabama, or were you, maybe were you more
1: impressed by Florida? I was impressed by Florida. Uh, You know, being able to have another play at home, but being able to have that final score uh, within, what, two points? That's not easy to do. People don't just cover against Alabama and then cover and make it a one-possession game or a two-point conversion game at the end, which, you know, that play was just executed so poorly. Play could have worked if they actually knew what they were doing, but it was just executed so poorly. So I was a little bit more impressed with Florida, I think, than I am going to – uh, downgrade Alabama. I find it really hard to downgrade a team that's up 21-3 on the road against the top 11 team in the nation. Like that's that. I don't need the final score to know that Alabama was the better team. When you're up 21-3 on the road, I know who the better team is, regardless of final score. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. And and Bama. And you're right. They have created such a uh, an expectation of excellence, perfection, really, that anything less than perfection kind of gets us up and and riled up and and, and makes us wonder, hey, what is going on here? When the reality is, you look through the history of the sport, I mean, when I was in college in the 90s, if if my team went on the road and beat the number 10-11 team in the nation, I was thrilled. I wasn't style-pointing the victory. But Alabama's got us to the point where we're style-pointing their wins. I, I think you bring up a very good point.
0: The the tide go up twenty one to three and there's an element of, hey, they have new faces, they got a younger quarterback. Maybe there's an element of get out of town. Conversely, let's take Clemson for instance. Clemson never really jumped up on Georgia Tech. I think they were up seven nothing, and obviously it was a weird game with the big delay and whatnot. But to your point, I still saw at times Alabama look like Alabama. I have legitimate
1: concerns about Clemson. How are you on them? A a lot of concerns. Um, You know, they don't appear to have an offensive flow. This is a team that, you know, I I know Dabo doesn't really have the quintessential side of the ball, right? He's more of just a CEO, walk-around type coach. But Clemson's offense has been a juggernaut for seven years now, basically. Uh, that, that'll happen when you have Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence as your quarterbacks. And they don't have that. Uh, they don't have that right now. Their offense is, is kind of broken. And I can't sit there and say, you know, that's a team that I could see that will grow over the course of the year and be right there with Alabama. I haven't seen anything after three weeks that says that's a team that's going to grow over the course of the year. They've, they're going to grow to the point of being just an average offense, it looks like. This is a this is not a very good offense. This is a offense that is more reminiscent of one that is outside the top twenty than that is inside the top five. Do you think the same holds true
0: for for instance, I, I love your point about Trevor Lawrence Deshaun Watson. Does Thanks. the same hold true perhaps over in Columbus with, with yeah. C J Stroud? Because I think what we're seeing now so far through three or four weeks was Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence really darn good players, yeah. and how much of the offense
1: do you think has been quarterback play? Uh, I mean, look, I mean, in, in the college game, it's a little bit different than the NFL. In the NFL game, it's all about the quarterback. Like, if sure. you don't have one, you, you're, you're screwed. In the college game, you could, you could get away with it a little bit easier uh, if you just have a, you know, a, a, an advantage, talent advantage in every other position on the field. I, but it's obviously big. It's obviously much bigger today than it was 20 years ago. Uh, it's much bigger today than it was 15 years ago or 10 years ago. When you have a guy like a, uh, a Trevor Lawrence or a Deshaun Watson that's your quarterback, well, you can go out there and you are going to, no matter what's going to happen, you are going to you know, minimize any advantage the other team might have. They don't have that now. We are seeing how great Lawrence and Fields were in college because the replacements are literally just replacements right now. Yeah,
0: I, I I'm right there with you, and I know CJ's dealing with an injury. He's not even going to play this weekend, or he's in an emergency role. So I do I want to be fair to the young man, but at the same time, yeah. you kind of know what you're seeing, and, and you you realize like, I think the same probably holds true with Spencer Rattler. Like I, I just I'm telling you, RJ, I've, I've I've said it multiple weeks. I do not have the Spencer Rattler gene. I'm not someone that thinks that he's terrible. I just think he's kind of like dude plus. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not. He's, he's certainly better than replacement level. But, you know, even with Jalen Hurts, we're still seeing Jalen Hurts starting in the NFL with a team that is one and one-on-one. I mean, we're seeing, you know, maybe he's not Baker and maybe he's not mm-hmm. Kyler Murray.
1: I think the bigger deal right now is Spencer Rattler's not even Jalen Hurts. Right. And I think what we're also seeing is look around the league at some of these coaches. Yeah. You know, Dabo without Trevor Lawrence uh, or Deshaun, Ryan Day without Fields, uh, Coach O without Joe Burrow. And then Lincoln, I mean, he had a couple of number one picks uh, and then another, another highly drafted player. Well, what is he now? You know, all these coaches, Nick Saban's showing to be the only one that doesn't really – he's not really quarterback dependent. The rest of these guys are showing that they're quarterback dependent, and that that is something because Lincoln Riley was – I mean – the Cowboys, I live in Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys wanted to hire Lincoln Riley above anybody else. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't want to leave. Well, what would he be in the NFL? I don't know. What I do know is that when he has a the number one pick at quarterback at Baker or Kyler, he's going to the Final Four. And when he doesn't, they're struggling to beat Nebraska. Yeah, I, I think
0: the other aspect of it is the other three that he had were all transfer quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler was the one that he recruited. I mean, at a certain point, you have to wonder, you know, okay, is, is maybe that one of the, the takeaways, the fact that, you know, he didn't prove it somewhere else in college football, and now we're starting to see that he is at times having some struggles. I want to pose the question to you this way. Of, the, of what we've seen of teams with concerns, which
1: one do you have the biggest concerns with? I, I I would probably say Clemson. Uh, that's probably the one that I have the biggest concern with. Something's not right. Like that offense is is just not right. I, I would probably say Clemson is is my top concern. Uh, Oklahoma, I think their schedule is is manageable enough to where they can win enough games. I I, I know Clemson, and plus you know they don't they don't have that loss in their ledger right now, and Clemson does. So I, I would probably say Clemson. Yeah, I think I'm with you because as you said, it's
0: not. You know, Oklahoma at times this year, we've seen them be on script, and they start to look like the Oklahoma offense. At times, Ohio State has looked like the Ohio State offense. The one thing that we haven't seen from Clemson is at any point looking explosive. I mean, it's not as if Georgia Tech is the type of defense that Mm -hmm. can just shut you down, and I think it really starts up front. I mean, their offensive line, I know they're holding it together with duct tape at this point, but I think there are legitimate concerns. The irony for me though is doesn't it also seem like even though we may we may wind up believing in them the least it still feels to me though that Clemson's the most likely of these teams that we're talking about yeah. to run their to run the table in their conference and I still believe it if they run the table in the conference and they win
1: and they win the ACC, I still think they're in the playoff oh yeah I, I would think so I'd find it hard to believe they're not now if both Clemson and Georgia are sitting there with one loss at the end of the season. Georgia's probably going to get in. Um, But at the other side of it, you know, Oklahoma's got their game against Texas, uh, which is always a toss-up game. You know, I I don't know where their loss is on the schedule moving forward. But, again, they have not shown me anything. Uh, Ohio State, same thing. I I think, obviously, the Big Ten. The Big Ten's so wide open. There's a lot of good teams there. Uh, I do think you're right. If Clemson is there at the end of the season with just the one loss, they're probably going to get in, and they probably do have the most manageable of the schedules. I, I,
0: I, that's kind of where I fit. I think the other irony, we talk about the Big Ten being wide open. RJ, I don't know if you've checked Big Ten futures. Ohio State is currently one, minus 169, nice obviously, yeah. to win the Big Ten. That's better than it was preseason, even though we've seen them lose. Obviously, it wasn't a, a conference loss, but lose to Oregon. It's unbelievable to me, and I know a big advantage, obviously, for them is we saw what Penn State did last week, but Penn State has to go to Columbus. When you look at the Big Ten, I think there's always been this assumption it's Ohio State and everybody else. If I tell you someone from the Big Ten's getting in the playoff and it's not Ohio State, where
1: are you going? That's a great question. Uh, you know, the Penn State factor having to go to uh, Columbus is big, but man, I mean, they beat a really good Auburn team. Auburn's good, good. Like they're not, they're not a great team, but they're a good team. Uh, I would probably lean towards Penn State. I don't know that I trust the Iowa offense at all uh, enough to uh, put them in that in that title in that title consideration. Uh, I mean, they got a chance for it, obviously. I'm surprised Ohio State is is a bigger favorite now than they were to start. I would have thought they would have dropped. They would have, I would have thought they would have dropped to the Iowa level uh, with Penn State as well. This is this is pretty surprising to me that they're still the odds on favor with the Big Ten. RJ, I don't know if you got a, a chance to check out your boy Kiffin last week, but Kiffin was putting on a show <laughs> despite
0: about a two-hour rain delay. They put up 61 essentially in three quarters against Tulane. Matt Corral was having an absolute field day, seven total touchdowns. They were doing whatever they wanted on offense. Here's my question for you. Can the
1: quarterback at Ole Miss win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. Um, I don't think you have to be at a, at, a, at a handful of schools. I think your team has to be good. That, that helps. Um, but, yeah, if you're, if, if you're a superstar – and, and he is tracking that way, I think he could do it. I'm try, I mean, I'm trying to think who is the most obscure Heisman Trophy winner the last 20 years. I mean, I think the comps for Corral, if he
0: were to do it, the comps are probably going to be Robert Griffin III or Lamar Jackson, in which they mm-hmm. played on teams with multiple losses, and they just kind of overwhelmed you with stats. And then, more importantly, the playoff caliber teams or, you know, the BCS caliber teams, they didn't have a clear guy that was their guy. So I, I think right. if you're going to make the case, those
1: that's usually the direction you point to. Yeah, I, I think those are fair. I mean, you've got to go back uh, a long ways. But, I mean, you know, there was a time where I never would have thought that a, a guy from Oregon would sure. win the Heisman Trophy, uh, and that happened with Mariota. So I, I think you can – Ole Miss is a bigger program than Baylor. I think the concern, when I say Ole Miss, I
0: mainly am saying it from the perspective of this is probably not going to be a national title contender. It's probably going to be a team with two or three losses. However, no one at this point in my mind has really put up a good threat. I assume Bryce Young at a
1: certain point is going to have his chance to make his case. But thus far, we haven't really seen anybody do it. No, I think you got to get to the top five in the nation to be in consideration a lot of times. You are listening to BetQLU. My
0: name is Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. When we come back, we're going to tell you he's on upset
1: alert. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
0: Welcome back to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn RJ Choppy joining me. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, let's get right into it. Let's find out who's on Upset Alert.
1: Upset Alert. All right, for me, I got one team on upset alert. My biggest one, the fighting Aggies of Texas A&M. They are at Jerry World this weekend. AT&T State taking on Arkansas. It is a a five-and-a-half point spread. A&M is favored by five-and-a-half. This is a good A&M team. They got that wrecking crew back. But who have they played? This is the classic, they ain't played nobody, right, that you talked about last week. That's what this is. Arkansas, they are fighting for the Texas state championship already beaten the whiny orange, the longhorns, and now going for the fighting Texas Aggies of A and M. And I think woo pig suey happens in Arlington. Jerry is an Arkansas fan. They will have the entire Arkansas contingent. They're like the Arkansas mafia. I've got Arkansas putting A and M on a little upset alert action. RJ, can you
0: Offer an explanation to me, for the record, if you need a uh, if you need some confirmation of R.J., Arkansas's 11 and three against the spread under Sam Pittman. Uh, they are also 11 and three against the spread as an underdog in their previous 14 games. They've also won four of those games outright under Pittman. Why is that game so weird in that stadium?
1: I don't know. I've been to this game a lot of times, uh, like three or four of these. And it is always, always a very odd game. Whatever you think is going to happen, the opposite usually does in this one. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it's the neutral site. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you get the big lights. I mean, it is a, it is a big stadium. It is cool. And it depends on what time you play there. You know, I think this is a, like a late afternoon game. Yeah, it is. This right? is the CBS, CBS 230 stuff. game.
0: Typically, though, to your point, it's been that 11 a.m. Sleepy, yeah. like – You can just kind of look into AT&T Stadium. You're right. I mean, I haven't been there as many times as you have, but it's like our Roman Coliseum. It is the the creme de la creme. It's the most
1: impressive massive stadium. But it's just always wound up being these weird, weird games. It has. It has. Now, I mean, you've got a ton of uh, intrigue around the game. Uh, Both of these schools use the DFW area to recruit a lot. There's a lot of Arkansas fans here. They're probably the fourth or fifth most followed team in the the area. A&M, obviously, they've got a ton of fans here, so it is a ton of distractions around the teams. But one thing to keep an eye on in this game, and those of you who watch on Sundays know, you get those late afternoon games this time of year, you better be going in the right direction because you can't see a dang thing. Whoever built this stadium, Jerry, obviously wasn't aware that the sun sets in the west, and they decided to put two giant mm-hmm. glass doors on the east and the west side of the stadium. And it is it's awful. It's like the LA Coliseum does. Yeah. They they have the sun setting in one side. So that, that is gonna be a factor. I mean, for the NFL guys are used to it. For for yeah. you know, college guys, they gotta deal with something pretty big here.
0: All right. The theme for me on upset alert this week is a lot of these lines stink. And I mean yeah. stink. Let's start first with the eleven AM game. I'll be honest with you, RJ, I feel like with Notre Dame and Wisconsin, the fact that that lines up at six and a half and I'm sitting there going, why in the hell is Wisconsin favored by six and a half? There's just no way I can see that. No, it makes me want to take Wisconsin because I'm sitting there going, they're begging you to take Notre Dame. To me, it feels like, though, the right answer is either take Wisconsin or take Notre Dame on the money line. And and maybe I'm an idiot for that thinking. I could have six and a half free points. But to me, that's just kind of how I see it. The same thing with Nebraska and Michigan State. That line stinks to me. I'm tempted to just take Nebraska plus 175. Mississippi State, LSU, another stinky line. I think I might just take the Bulldogs plus 120. Uh, like to me, that's kind of the the theme for all of my upset picks are, what, what, don't, what am I missing here? What, what, what am I not seeing
1: on this line? I, I don't get this line either. Uh, I know it's a neutral site game, right? which makes it even more strange. Yes. I I can see it was in Madison. Yeah. I can see it was in Madison, maybe being six points, even though I wouldn't put it at six points. I put it at maybe three tops. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, You know, I usually Notre Dame gets a lot of love in the gambling, in in, in the, in the gambling world. That was what was so
0: odd to me is I would have, if you would have told me, okay, the line's in the wrong direction, Notre Dame's favor. I could have easily rationalized that in my brain. It's like, well, Notre Dame's a big public yeah. play. Like, that's just a team that gets a lot of money. But the fact that it's working against him. Yeah. Almost makes me want the Badgers.
1: Yeah. Wisconsin doesn't get any public play. I know. <laughs> Seriously. Like, like, I don't know anybody that's a Wisconsin football fan. Literally nobody. Um, Dan Cat at Barstool. There you go. That's about big it. Cat. Big Cat is. There you go. That's it. I mean. It makes no sense. It, it really makes no sense uh, why this line is where it is. It, it's one of the more strange runs uh, of the weekend. So I, I, I love the idea. I love the pick. I love the Notre Dame pick uh, that uh, Wisconsin's on upset alert.
0: Notre Dame has been an underdog away from home five times since 2018. During those games, they have been 0-5 and they have lost by at least 17 points. I mean, if you want an actual football justification for it, RJ, if you look at Notre Dame's defense, they have not been good against the run. And what does Wisconsin want to do? They obviously want to run the football. Here's the big question, though. How are we betting the Jack Cohen revenge game? (laughs) Um, that's a good
1: question. Think he's, I think it's
0: one of two things. He's either going to play too tight. He's going to try to do too much and play right in to Wisconsin's hands. Or, hey, I went up against this defense every single day in camp and practice. I know what they do. I'm going to go light it up. I don't know. Like, I, how, how do you kind of see it? I, the, we've got to have the revenge game
1: angle. So we've have to at least, at, at least acknowledge it. it. Look, it has to be there. But I think that's why you put them on upset alert, too. Like, oh yeah, you know, right. I, I, I think that has to play into it. it. You know, again, like this doesn't, this doesn't, this line does not make sense. You have a guy who literally knows the other team. Yeah. And he's a, he's a touchdown dog. It doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense to me. It really does.
0: There have been some injury issues for Notre Dame and, you know, RJ as two guys that watch the NFL too. It is fascinating to me how the NFL, I think maybe overreacts way too much to injuries, but in college yeah. football we act as if injuries have nothing to do with the sport like yeah. you just know no like effect. we just completely ignore them blow right yep. past it and so i think there is a bit of an explanation there but the other line that i'm talking about i think i'm putting i'm putting michigan state on upset alert i've been all over them i even gave them out last week as i got murdered last week my upset picks went two and two so i, I will at least all say right. that that i gave that one out this just feels like one of those ones where what is what does Vegas know? What are they doing there? What, what why is this such a short line? I think I might just take the Huskers at plus one seventy five.
1: You know Vegas usually knows things. I'll I'll say that. You know they, they don't build those buildings uh, mm-hmm. that's that's small uh, for a reason, right? They they know things. Uh, you know Michigan State's been an interesting team this year, though. I mean, like I, I I'd be more inclined to think, huh? All right, there's some things that I like going on there. Nebraska, I can't figure out. I can't figure out Nebraska to save my life. What What are, Are? are, are, are the, is Scott Frost uh, about to get run because they, they played a bad first half against Fordham? Or, or is it, oh man, the tide's turning because they played Oklahoma close. I think that's kind of why you
0: have to take Nebraska here. The thing that makes the most sense is they don't make any sense. Like, it, no. you know, you watch them against Illinois and they look absolutely horrible. You know, you mentioned the first half against Fordham. In reality, we're giving them credit for not getting their absolute doors blown off last yeah. week. So like, It does feel like there's an element of that. It just feels like, to me, this is just a classic college football thing. Like, It just makes the most sense to that Nebraska would knock off Michigan State. Michigan State also has not been that good at home, particularly as a home favorite. Now, here's another team that we're not putting on upset alert. Or at least I'm not, and I think you're going to probably agree with me. Neither one of us have any faith that Dave Doran going to knock off Clemson, right?
1: No, Yeah. no, 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 uh, not, not a chance. I, I know Clemson's offense is is struggling, but they're not going to lose. They're not going to lose NC State. This is not going to happen. Under Dave you're, Doran, you're NC me, right? State, yeah. uh, under Dave
0: Doran, NC State, 0-10 against top 10 opponents. Their average margin of defeat, 22.9 points per game. Only two of those games were decided by fewer than 12 points. So this is this weird thing, though, with Clemson, though. I feel like I'm not touching this game. Mm -hmm. But there is like this weird element of I don't want to keep fading them because at a certain point, we know there's going to be one game where they just they out athlete somebody and they put up 45. What would you like to see out of Clemson this week other than maybe scoring more than two touchdowns.
1: Uh, that's it. I, w- I want to see the dog come out of them. I mean, I-, I just see a team that is kind of, um, I don't want to say resting on their, their past history, their laurels, but th- they're a team that literally walks on the field and, and thinks they're going to win and expects to win. And that's what they should be doing because of what they've done over the last seven or eight years. But what I've seen this year is, is a Clemson team that really doesn't have any identity, doesn't really know what they want to be, let alone know what they are. So, yeah, they're not on upset alert, but I want to see a team that actually just goes out there and actually looks like they're a team full of five-star future NFL players because that's what they really are. I mean, they it's not like recruiting has slipped. Da, recruiting doesn't slip for Dabo. They've still got five-star guys every up and down the roster. There's not a team in the league, in, in this sport, That doesn't play in Columbus, Athens, or Tuscaloosa. That would not immediately trade their roster with Clemson. Not a single team. And they just can't figure it out right now.
0: Another team that has been looking shaky. We've got the Oklahoma Sooners at home. They're laying 17 against West Virginia. West Virginia coming off a big win against Virginia Tech. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those games where they kind of fell into the it it was a win that at times felt like yeah. a loss, but there's also a huge difference from what we've seen with West Virginia of when they go on yeah. the road. Is there any chance Oklahoma's on upset alert? Uh
1: I guess it's a small this is probably the best is this the best team Oklahoma's faced this year? Yeah, it's the best team Oklahoma's faced this year.
0: Yes, because um, I didn't buy into two lane. You're welcome out there. That was one of well, that was one of the eight
1: games I got right. There you go. There you go. Not you one know, of the thirteen not one of the thirteen <laughs> that <laughs> absolutely just kicked me in the nuts but that was one of the eight I got right don't I don't even pay attention to the the 13 you lose I pay attention to the ones no. you got right um, so there's the look, crash yeah so that West Virginia win that was a, that's what I call a fake win that was a fake win last week it wasn't really a win I mean they won the game but it wasn't really a win I mean you know Vatek had the ball twice in the final seven minutes inside your five and they scored zero points um, and then, then they missed, they had a missed, uh, what missed extra point. They yeah. had a touchdown called back earlier in the game. Um, so they had a bad penalty. A, Remember they had the bad penalty in that last drive. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a fake win. It's good. win. If you still won the game, get credit for that, you know, and you were a favorite over a ranked team, which never happens, but that was a fake win. Uh, so I, I'm not as high on them as, as you would be coming off of a game where you beat a top 15 team. Uh, but Oklahoma has not shown me that they're a solid squad, so I'm not going to put them on upset alert, but I do think that it is one of those situations where if, if you were to tell me Sunday morning, and I, I completely skipped Saturday, that sure. Oklahoma lost to West Virginia, my I am not going to panic. I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, what that's great. I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think
0: the the general reaction is like, yeah, they haven't been playing well. I I do think I think that's that's probably the case. I think this is another interesting one. We've got Stanford and UCLA. Stanford has turned to Tanner McKee at quarterback and RJ. It's unbelievable. I'm watching Stanford throw on first down. It's 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 truly, you know, up is down like my, my world is spinning upside down. UCLA played what might have been the game of the year that's going to be seen by seven people last week on the Pac-12 network with Fresno State. Shout out to Jake Hayner for just the gutsiest performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Like that was just truly remarkable. But is Stanford is, you know, is UCLA on upset alert against the Cardinal? Because I think things are trending the Cardinals way. With that said, this is another one of those lines that stinks to me. Four and a half seems, I don't know, it's, it's very stinky. It feels to me like maybe UCLA might actually be the play here.
1: I think UCLA is the play here. Uh, I know they lost to Fresno, but, you know, the great Jake, I mean, he's going to play on Sunday. He may not be a starter on Sunday, but he'll be in the league. He can and throw it, that, man. Yes, he can. Yeah, Was he at dub before? So he was a yeah, how's Washington them? feeling about that? I know, right? Are, um, because
0: they're legitimately a quarterback away, I think, from being a good team.
1: Yes, they got talent. They absolutely have talent, and, and and you know the great Jake would have been that. So, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't. I'm not going to downgrade UCLA all that much. I think we upgraded them too much. You know, we upgraded them too much off their LSU yeah. win. They're a good team, but it's like they're not a Final Four contender.
0: They're certainly not a perfect team like that, and they're they are very much not that. When we come back, one of my favorite segments of the week. We're going to get RJ's head fake games. We're also going to get into the betting card as well. Spoiler alert. I got a big one again. You're listening (laughs) to BetQLU.
1: From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
0: Welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. It's time for RJ's Head Fake Games.
1: Head Fake Games. All right, my head fake game of the week this week is going to be Auburn against Georgia State. I know, it's done deep here. Now, what's a head fake game, you might ask? This is where you, we are going to make believe we are this giant betting syndicate that has so much pull in Las Vegas that whenever we bet, the line moves. Auburn is a 27-point favorite. So what you want to do on this one is you want to bet opposite your real bet a small amount of money, say like 10% of your actual normal bet. So if you normally bet $100 in a game, you're going to bet 10 Obviously, you're going to use more money uh, if you're the betting syndicate. So, by doing that, the casino will move the line in your favor because they have so much faith in what you're doing that it impacts what they're going to do. So, here's the thing. I think Georgia State is is not even close to 27 points uh, worse than Auburn. I think they're like 34 points worse than Auburn. So, I'm going to place a small head fake bet on Georgia State plus 27. Hopefully, that moves the line down to Auburn minus 25. I come in over the top, lay it hard on the Tigers, who should win this game by about 33-34 points. And there's your head fake game of the week. Auburn against Georgia State. Auburn should cover easy. I got good news for you. It's on the card, and
0: I think we should get into the betting cards.
1: The betting card.
0: All right, RJ. It's another big card for me, so I'm letting you go first.
1: All right, it. Got- I don't quite have 25 games here. I've got. A I only have of them. 22. Oh man! Oh wow! I don't know how you're going to survive uh, with only 22 games to follow. Uh, so obviously, I have uh, Auburn uh, minus 27 uh, against Georgia State. I've also got Lot Tech minus 12 against UNT. L Tech covered against SMU last week. They should have won that game. It was a fantastic finish. Uh, we give me La Tech minus 12 against the North Texas State Mean Green. Uh, Georgia minus 35 against Vandy. I don't know how Vandy even has a program, though they're that bad. When you're worse than Tennessee in the state, that's saying something. Uh, And then Army minus seven and a half against Miami of Ohio. Uh, I like the Army. I like Army in that game. And then I got a little $10 bet. This is my little pizza money parlay thing I like to do every week Uh, $10 to win 444. It's a 44 to 1 spot. Give me Boston College money line plus one fifteen, Northwestern money line minus seven hundred, Arizona State money line minus six fifty, Tulane money line minus nine hundred, and then Ball State upset plus one eighty, and Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, against the whiny orange Texas Tech money line plus two seventy five, small ten dollar bet. It's a it's a it's a box, It's a it's a, a pizza pie, that'll win you four hundred forty four dollars plus 440.
0: I think I'm going to add Louisiana Tech because you're right. Those those are two one and two teams that are not the same. Louisiana Tech is should have beaten Mississippi State, should have beaten SMU. Like those are two teams. So we're adding La Tech as well. I'm laying 11 and a half there. So I'll be doing that as well. All right. I'm starting with the uh, a game that maybe a little bit off the radar. We get the revenge of the hospital bed. For those that don't know, when Hugh Freeze did the big hospital bed stunt, that was against Syracuse. We've got the revenge of the hospital bed. Give me the six and a half points. I'm taking the Q's tonight. I want the under in FIU Central Michigan. That game's gross. Neither offense has been that good. Give me under 55 and a half. Uh, My SpongeBob SquarePants pick of the week, I'm taking Missouri minus one and a half against BC. BC has played nobody. I think Missouri can at least move the football. I'm going to be the sucker. I'll take that. Uh, Northwestern should not be favored by 14 and a half points against anyone. Give me Ohio plus 14 and a half. As R.J. mentioned with Georgia, the Vanderbilt's on like yeah. Vanderbilt's playing. Just bet against them. like just yep. we've lost once, but we still won the other two times. So we're just laying 35. I want the over in Texas Tech, Texas over 62. That game just always feels like it gets drunk. Neither defense has been that impressive to me thus far. Uh, Florida State is playing, so I will be betting against them. I'm laying a point and a half with Louisville. Baylor has also played nobody. However, I have been impressed from what I've seen from them offensively. Give me the seven points at home. I think Rutgers is a fraud with a capital F. Give me Michigan minus 20 and a half. Auburn minus 27 and a half. Auburn kills bad teams and they are running the football. That one is I'm just laying it. Uh another SpongeBob SquarePants special. Give me Kentucky minus 5. That's another just it's an absolute trap but I'll spring it. RJ I love you. I'm taking the Vols plus 19. I think they oh! can score a little bit. I oh. think they can score a little bit. Oh. Man, uh, I think I think Navy is horrible. So Houston minus 19. I am going to do this. Give me the 48 and a half with Akron. When teams have been favored by more than 45 points in the last 15 contests, they're only one in 15 against the spread. So therefore also give it to me. Give me 45 and a half with Southern Miss. I want the over in Indiana, Western Kentucky, and 62 and a half. I want the under in Florida Atlantic Air Force That's under 54. I want the over at 46 and a half between Cal and Washington. Both defenses aren't nearly as good as everyone thinks, and the offenses are a little bit better. Uh, South Florida is horrible. Give me BYU minus 23. Arizona is worse. Give me Oregon minus 28 and a half. And then I'll take North Carolina at minus 12 and a half against Georgia Tech. So a nice little tasty 23-card play.
1: That's a great card. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of favorites. You know, I, I've noticed that you and I have, mm-hmm. have been betting quite a bit of favorites this year, and I don't usually bet the favorites. I'm much bigger on the on the dogs than the unders. I know I'm a miserable person to be around, uh, but usually I bet a lot of unders, a lot of dogs, but but this week it's been a lot of favorites. Uh, I, you know, you said Rutgers that you think they're a fraud, and I, and I agree that I don't think they're – but Shiano, man, he has that, – that, that dude, all he does is, is he can win in one spot. Rutgers that's it so it's interesting though
0: they also have some key injuries that yeah. uh, key injuries and I think they also had a couple of guys get suspended that just screams to me Harbaugh feels like he's going to be able to run it up and then when Michigan's at home he tends to run it up I think uh, there are a couple of five-star bets that I wanted to discuss FAU Air Force is under 54 it's a five-star bet over at bet QL I also actually like it. Sometimes, you know, you see the five star bets and you're like, I don't I don't get the computers, man. Right. What are they doing? Florida Atlantic's offense is awful. Awful. And you know
1: with Air Force the clock's gonna run. I really like it at fifty four. I think that's a pretty good number. I think it's a great number. I think Florida Atlantic and the points might be not bad either. It's like four and a half, five points. Um yeah. I, 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 I like I like the under in that one. I'm a big fan of the under in that game. I totally agree under unders in service Academy games are are generally good bets anyway. So absolutely. Any other five-star bets out there that you like, you know, not really. That was it. Like for me, that was the big one. That was the the, the five-star bet that I think, man, I I could really see myself going with that one. All right. What's going to be your TV set up for the early slate tomorrow? Uh, oh well, look. I mean, you know, by the we're gonna be waiting for that a and m kickoff, right? We're gonna be sure. waiting for that two thirty uh, kickoff. But you know, the problem with the a and m kickoff is, you know, you've got to wade your way through all the 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 garbage Big Ten games that get thrown in there, right? And there's a lot of those Big Ten games uh, that I get that I sit and watch, and I'm like, man, I cannot believe I am wasting the time on this. But this is why the betting world is so beautiful. Yes you find your way to, to, to pay attention to games that you don't care about. But I'll have my eye on the uh, you know Texas-Texas Tech game. I've got way too many friends that are fans of both schools uh, that I have to be able to keep uh, you know an eye on because you know I'll be on a text chain with these folks, and, and you know what those are like. Uh, I want to see how badly Georgia can put it on Vandy. I really do. Uh, I want to see. Obviously, you're going to have that Notre Dame against Wisconsin game, and that's going to be the big one. And then, could Coastal Carolina? You know, that's a noon game, right? So yeah. they're playing UMass. They've been really overvalued this year, I think. They haven't covered the spreads the way they had last year. They can't uh, stop anybody. They couldn't
0: stop no. Kansas.
1: No, they couldn't. Uh, and, and you know, they got the they got the cover right that Kansas game, but barely. So i'm gonna be interested in that one like that's a big number that's like 35 that's a really big number I, i'd be almost inclined to take umass in that game that's a scary place to be as a human being i know, I know. when the umass order.
0: number looks good i yeah. i agree with all of your logic i think that's why for me though it's a stay away i mentioned it the vol's taken on the gators The once proud rivalry has been dominated by the gators I do think it's interesting from this perspective, RJ. I, when I say I'm taking the 19, I'm praying for the back door. Yeah,
1: I do think Tennessee's gonna be able to score a little bit. I could see that. Uh, I look. I remember this game was if it, this game was at 2:30 every year. Yep.
0: It started Except, the C, It was the first CBS game. Yeah. For, you know, right after CBS would get done with the U.S. Open, when they finally kicked off college football, this is pretty much what they would kick it
1: off with. It was it. And you know it was maybe maybe CBS had a doubleheader that day, and it was it was the sure. it was the 6:30 uh, CBS game or 5:30 whatever, and and now it's been pushed to 11 a.m. at times, is six o'clock at times, and it has it doesn't even sniff CBS anymore. Uh, I I I have learned to never bet on my school. I will never bet on Tennessee. They break my heart. They break my heart every single week, and I'm done. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah,
0: I, I'm with you. Like it is one of those. It's also kind of a smartest man in the room bet where it yeah. feels like everyone's going to be on Florida, on Florida, on Florida. I have just seen too many people act like Florida's defense is as good as it had been at times. They're giving up. They're nearly bottom half of the NCAA in almost everything from yards per play, yeah. points per possession, stopping drives. And anytime you can just bet against Todd Grantham, it just feels right. Also. There's kind of an element here of yeah, this kind of feels like where Florida maybe, Florida Florida maybe takes their foot off the pedal a little
1: bit, yeah, a little you know they had the tough loss last week, uh, you know obviously and it's you, still lingering, but you know I would feel much better about this game if Florida had Georgia next week because then we'd be the classic trap game, but when you have Kentucky, we, we know what Florida does to Kentucky.
0: We're here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also, when you wake up all morning long on Saturday, and once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of in-depth college football preview and reaction. It's all on BetQL. It's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm uh, I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening and watching.
1: From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday it's BetQLU in the action from noon to 8 Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.